Hi everyone, I'm Dr. Maz and you're listening to episode 13 of the Balanced Natural Health Podcast, where we discuss East, West and all the best in natural health. Today, we're going to continue our discussion about the five elements in Chinese medicine and how they relate to the flavors of different foods and medicinal herbs. This knowledge forms the foundation of Chinese herbal medicine and of dietary therapy, and it helps to direct us in knowing how to use our pantry as a medicine cabinet. There's lots to talk about, so let's get into it. As we learned last week, each element is linked to a pair of organs and a specific system of the body. And each of these organ pairs and systems has flavors that can support its action if it is under-functioning or hypo-functioning, and flavors that can rein in its activity if it is over-firing or hyper-functioning. Now, understanding this helps us choose which flavor of herbs we are going to reach for in order to bring the mind and body back into balance. So what are these five flavors? Well, going through the five elements and starting with wood, as we talked about last week, wood, like a growing tree, desires to spread out and disperse. Therefore, the flavor that supports wood in achieving its spreading action is the pungent or acrid flavor. And these are flavors like ginger, cinnamon, and pepper. And we see these herbs feature in chai tea, which is a great booster of circulation and many body functions like immunity and the inflammatory response, for example. But we also see uh, ginger and cinnamon in one of our most popular Chinese herbal medicine formulas for a simple cold. Now, if you think of how you feel when you've copped a bit of a chill, Everything can feel a bit contracted and tight and achy. Maybe you are huddling your shoulders up around your ears to stay warm and your neck and shoulders are all bound up. And maybe you feel a bit more sensitive to the cold. So the formula that we use for this situation contains cinnamon and ginger plus three other herbs to support the body in dispersing that tight and cold feeling. After we give this formula, the patient will break into a light sweat and in this way, we can head off the cold in its early stages before it takes root and goes deeper into the body. And you can do the same thing at home in your own kitchen. So if you catch a cold and you get it early within the first six to 12 hours or so, you can just boil up some fresh ginger, cinnamon, and a teaspoon of honey, and you can get comfy under a doona and let your body sweat out the cold. There's different recipes that you can find online as kitchen remedies for getting out a common cold. Some of these also include onions or spring onions. These are also a pungent herb. We use spring onions in Chinese herbal medicine as well, and they will help to push that cold and contraction out of the body. So we know that wood likes pungent and dispersing movement, but on the flip side, if wood is going crazy and being overactive, we can control it with a sour flavor and sour contracts and pulls inwards. And to take an example of that, just think of sucking a lemon. Your tongue shrinks just thinking about it. And I had a very good firsthand example of this pungent and sour relationship when I lived in Thailand. Now, I hiccup when I eat too much chili and because the pungent spiciness of chili disperses my stomach, it pushes it upwards and creates that hiccuping. 
Now, when I was in Thailand, someone I met told me that I should suck a lemon if I get hiccups from spicy food because that sour counteracts, counteracts that pungent outward movement. And you know what? It worked and it has worked every single time since. So that's wood. Moving on to fire. Fire is associated with the salty flavor. Now, we talked last week about fire's link to the heart and the small intestine in Chinese medicine, and therefore also to the circulatory system, as well as to the processes of digestion and breakdown of nutrients in our food. And it's interesting to consider that although for decades we heard about how bad salt is for the heart, which in excess it is, like anything, we've recently discovered that actually we also need the right amount of salt for heart and circulatory health and the right kind of salt too. So not that mega refined salt, but like a sea salt or a Himalayan rock salt or something that has other trace minerals in it that help the action of salt. So we also know that salt can help stimulate gastric acid secretion for better digestion and for better breakdown further down the gastrointestinal tract, which feeds into that link with the small intestine. Now, when fire is in excess, we can use the bitter flavor to contain it. And not only do we know that there's bitter plant chemicals or bitter flavored herbs and spices that can protect against cardiovascular disease, but researchers also recently discovered bitter taste receptors on the heart. How cool is that? We also have bitter taste receptors in the small intestine, as luck would have it. And here they trigger the release of biochemicals that regulate digestion and appetite. Now moving over to earth, the earth likes bland or sweet flavors. And just an important caveat to state here, when we say sweet in Chinese medicine, we don't mean lollies and ice cream and refined sugar, but rather bland things like root vegetables, rice, corn, and so on. So these foods have certain kinds of fiber and prebiotic components. Uh, prebiotics are the foods that help to nourish our microbiome and our gut bacteria. And so by providing the fiber and prebiotic component, these foods not only support our digestion and the assimilation of nutrients, but they also allow the healthy gut bacteria to perform a whole host of other functions, like the production of vitamin K or the production of serotonin, which is one of our happy hormones. So these bland and stodgy foods can provide a good foundation to the earth element, which as we learned last week, likes to be grounded. But if the earth element gets too grounded and too bogged down and inert, we can liven things up with a pungent flavor. This is why so many cuisines around the world use combinations of spices to wake up the spleen and stomach from their carb coma and help them do their work. We see this in all the beautiful flavors of, for example, Thai cooking with red onion, coriander, ginger, and chili. We see it in the classic Chinese five spice blend, which contains cinnamon, cloves, fennel, star anise, and Sichuan pepper, all ingredients that feature in Chinese herbal medicine. And also we see this a similar blend in Japanese togarashi spice, which is the red spice mix you might have seen in Japanese restaurants. And this contains chili, pepper, seaweed, sesame seed, ginger, and citrus peel, which we also use in Chinese medicine to boost digestion. 
And we see a lot of these same pungent flavors popping up in aperitif herbal liqueurs that you can drink before a meal to get your digestion firing and ready to start accepting nutrition. And you'll see these flavors in things like Campari, for example, which is a concoction of bitter herbs and spices. Now, next up, we have the metal element. And the metal element is related to the lung and large intestine. And as we learned last week, the element of metal contracts, and therefore the associated flavor here is sour, which also contracts. And to demonstrate the relationship of the sour flavor and the effect that it can have on the large intestine and the lung, in Chinese herbal medicine, there's a sour herb, which is white peony root. And this is a common herb in many of our formulas, and it features in a particular formula that can help to regulate bowel movements. And it does this by regulating the movement of the smooth muscles of the intestines, which are involved in peristalsis, which is the movement of the digested matter through the, the, through the digestive tract. And we can also use peony root for symptoms associated with coughing, wheezing, and asthma, for example. So symptoms associated with the lung. Now, when things get too tight and hard and contracted like metal, and they don't flow and move as they should, we can reach for the salty flavor because salty softens hardness. We can also use the pungent flavor to disperse any tight contraction as with that common cold example that I gave earlier and the kitchen remedies for that. And finally, to complete things, we have water, which likes to flow down and descend. And because of this, the flavor associated with water is the bitter flavor, because the bitter flavor can also help descent in the body. For example, we know that bitter foods like rocket, radicchio, dandelion greens, tea, coffee, or even digestive bitters support the release of bile and digestive enzymes. And this helps us to break down our food efficiently and it supports digestion in its downward motion through the digestive tract. Now, this is also why through parts of Europe, you may be offered various herbal digestive liqueurs, which are made from a mix of bitter herbs to support the assimilation of the meal you've just enjoyed. So these are served after a meal. And many of these herbs are the same ones we use in our Chinese herbal medicine dispensary. Now, on the flip side, one of the flavors that can, can control an excessive water element is the bland or sweet flavor, which is the flavor of the earth that we just discussed. Now, we learned last week that earth controls water, like building a dam, for example, or absorbing water into mud. And similarly, certain bland foods and herbs can act as diuretics to control water by flushing excess fluids from the body. A really simple example of this is barley water or even corn silk, which can be boiled to create a bland drink that increases urination and has traditionally been used for fluid retention, high blood pressure, and even certain bladder infections. So that's a rundown of the five elements and their main associated flavors. Now, because all of the five elements are interconnected with each other, meaning that every element shares a relationship with the other four in one way or another, therefore, so too can each of the five flavors have an effect on each organ.
For the sake of today's discussion, I've just picked two main ones for each element, but our Chinese herbal medicine formulas are built on an understanding of this complex interaction of flavors, and also on our diagnosis of the unique individual in front of us. And taken together, this understanding is what allows us to formulate a targeted herbal prescription personalized to that individual. Now, we can see that different flavors are linked with specific therapeutic effects or actions throughout the body. And so we can think of these flavors as shorthand for the active constituents of the plant that we are using. In modern science, we call these active compounds phytonutrients or phytochemicals. And phyto means plant, so basically this translates to plant chemicals or plant nutrients. They're also called bioactives, and this just means components of the herbs that have an active effect on our biology, so biologically active or bioactive. And there are many kinds of these bioactives or phytonutrients, and these are things like polyphenols, flavonoids, terpenes, and even resveratrol, which those of us who enjoy red wine may have heard about because red wine is a potent source of resveratrol, which has been linked to certain anti-aging benefits, for example. And so all of these different bioactives help our bodies thrive in diverse ways. So they can act as previously mentioned in an anti-aging way. They can act as enzymes or cofactors to create change or drive certain processes in our bodies. They can act as antioxidants to mop up damage to body cells, which may help to protect, protect against certain diseases. And they may even be protective against certain environmental pollutants, for example. So, so many benefits. Now, many of these bioactives have a bitter, astringent or sour or acrid flavor, which are related to their biochemical effect on our bodies. And interestingly, these three flavor descriptors relate to three of the five elements that we just discussed. Now, unfortunately, our modern palates have turned away from these three flavor profiles and tend to favor the simpler sweet and salty flavors. But this preference is at a detriment to our health as there are so many potent phytochemicals and bioactives that are associated with these more complex flavors. If we take the example of veggies, Many modern variants of the veggies that we see have had their stronger flavors and therefore their medicinal benefits bred out of them. If we look at a great chart that I've included in the link in my show notes, we can see just how low the phytochemicals are in the modern versions versus their ancestral or heirloom ancestors. So for examples in, for example, modern carrots versus purple carrots, blue corn versus white, or dandelion greens, which are very bitter, versus the sweet and bland iceberg lettuce. So eating these less adulterated and less bland forms of veggies can provide many health benefits. So I hope you found this discussion interesting about the five elements and the five flavors and the power of the foods that are in our kitchen and just how important the foods that we choose can be in ensuring our optimal health and well-being. 
Thanks so much for joining me today. Feel free to get in touch and send me any questions you'd like me to discuss in future episodes. All of my contact details are in the show notes. And as always, also a reminder that Chinese medicine is an individualized medicine that tailors the treatment to the individual person. And this means that none of the information discussed today is intended to replace your existing medical advice from other medical practitioners. If you would like more detail, please see your Chinese medicine practitioner for a detailed and personalized assessment. Thanks for listening and wishing you the very best of health.